Welcome to Deep Focus. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman, and this is part three of three parts of a broadcast from September of 2011. Vernon Reed was my guest, and the band we were talking about was Weather Report. If you were listening to part two, we're in the middle of a ripping solo by Wayne Shorter, so let's get right back to it. It's Deep Focus. my mind is the end of the career of a nightclub band and what was becoming a large theater venue band yeah definitely weather report weather report at the bottom line right here in new york city october 7th 1975 and that edition of weather report joe zavanol on acoustic piano and keyboards wayne shorter on tenor and soprano saxophones alfonso johnson on the bass Chester Thompson on the drums, Alex Acuna on percussion. You are listening to Deep Focus on WKCR-FM New York. My name is Mitch Goldman. My guest tonight, once again, I hope you're not just tuning in because you've been missing some fireworks, Vernon Reed. Yeah. yeah. So so we were going back and forth about who's, if, if is, is it Chester Thompson? Is it Chester Thompson or is it Indugu? And we go, uh, they The two of those guys... Covered a lot of the same ground. Well, it, because they, we were going over the chronology of some of the drummers because, you know, there's, there's clearly, you know, Eric Gravatt did a bunch of, you know, the earlier um, so, sort of um, more looser, if you will, looser structurally. Um, I'm talking about I Sing the Body Electric mm-hmm. era weather report. Um 
the the actual the Weather Report album, and right. I sing the Body Electric, and which and the, he's more of he's got more swing in his play. Yeah, definitely. Than these and, guys and, have. And, then, and then wound up, but then you know the another the transitional Sweet Nighter record, which was which was the beginnings of a real you know 125th Street Congress and things like that. And then it went from there to Ishmael Wilburn, who played on um, on Mysterious Traveler, which I only recently realized that Mysterious Traveler is actually the title of the record is from a radio mystery horror suspense um, radio program that played in the 1940s, which and we know who brought that into the fold. And we know <laughs> that 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 is that's Wayne Shorter's. He's Wayne Shorter is famously a huge science fiction fan. Just one more thing yeah, that you and yeah, Wayne share. Yeah, yeah, I'm a huge sci-fi geek. You know, I, now now I wouldn't say that I'm the most trekky trekky at all, but. You know, I, don't make I, me quiz you. I, I don't please <laughs> you know, don't ask me about you know, the dilithium crystals and things. But who told you about that? Uh, you know, but uh, you know, a huge huge fan of uh, Rod Serling's uh, many TV shows and things. The Night Gallery. Ha -ha. Wait, I thought you were talking about fiction. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> your life. <laughs> yeah. I know Twilight Zone is quite autobiographical. Well. You know. <laughs> Monsters live on Main Street, indeed. I did live in Binghamton, New York, where Rod Serling hails from, and he did not make up anything. And you do have kind of thick eyebrows. I, over there. I, I do have that, that, uh, yeah. that third eye under my uh, <laughs> yeah. my grill. Yeah. Cap. So so anyway, yeah. The the, the mysterious traveler was this. Uh, I know. Just only recently discovered it. Uh, you know, there are these podcasts that, sh that play old radio, really old radio stuff, and started li dipping into it. It was pretty creepy and crazy, you know. So, but that, but but that was, that's where the title of that um, record came from. That's cool. Which thank is, you for sharing that. Yeah, well, it's just it's the kind of thing that, you know, it just kind of stood alone, and then I realized, oh, that's where that's from. You know what I mean? It's like. It's like knowing that that Duran Duran is from Barbarella, you know, and you wouldn't know that unless you 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 saw the movie Barbarella and heard reference to the evil Duran Duran, and then you go, "Oh, that's where that's from," you know. Insert Steely Dan reference yeah, here. Yeah, insert Steely Dan reference here. Exactly. Um, anyway, you know, so we were talking about Ishmael Wilburn um, played in that group, and then in Dugu. Leon Chancellor played in on Tailspinning, which is the record that that succeeded um, that succeeded Mysterious Traveler, and then Chester Thompson was the drummer for Black Market, which is the transitional record between um, the era of Alfonso Johnson playing bass and 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 uh, Jocko, because in fact Jocko plays bass on most of that record. And and Alphonse, I think, plays on one or two tracks. On the I love, you know, we kind of put a little bit of a light on Alfonso Johnson's bass playing, but obviously all these guys shine in their way. And I'm really digging Chester Thompson's drumming. I think yeah, he's playing great. He's plays. He's great. He was he was. But I mean, Chester Thompson, 
He's a tremendous drummer, and he's had a tremendous, tremendously varied career, as we talked about earlier, you know, going from from Zappa to Weather Report to Santana to ultimately to Genesis. I, He holds down time entirely. He doesn't fall into any conventional ideas, certainly not from the jazz perspective. And he's got a ton of color and, and other things that he's introducing. Oh, yeah, he's smoking. He's, 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 smo- he's smoking. I mean, he keeps it moving. And his, his, you know, his symbol work is incredibly intricate. You know, it's, yeah. it's really, it's really, really quite, quite remarkable. And he's, and his, um, it's funny because we were talking about what, when, and where. Because I, I keep, <laughs> I keep holding on to the fact that I definitely saw Indugu play with Weather Report, but you know. Now I'm starting to. <laughs> I've planted I mean, a seed of doubt in your mind. Yeah, I know. I was. I was. I was. <laughs> Sorry. Up, I was up in the cheap seats. <laughs> oh right. There was it was that. Madison Square Garden. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey man, those blue seats in the garden. I know. That was something to I contend know. with. I'll tell you. Tell you what's funny. Funny when I I went to the garden one time, and the thing about the garden is, the last seats that they sell are the seats that are behind the stage. Right. And they're like. You know, that's like a show's kind of pretty much sold out, and then you la- the last seats you get are the worst seats oh, in the yeah. house, right? Oh, yeah. So there was. Or a, if that was all you had the money for. Yeah. So it was a big Stevie Wonder show. And and it was pretty. It was. And I believe it was Hotter Than July was the record. I'm. I'm Maybe I'm, I don't know. But anyway, it was a big Steve Wonder show, and I was sitting there with my, a friend of mine, and the, and it was, it, it were grumbling with everyone in the back. But the one thing about those seats is that you could see what was gonna about to happen. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. And, and so what was incredible about that was that, okay, so Stevie's just kicking butt and doing his thing. And all of a sudden, we see this, se- this like, sequent jacket, right? The sequence jacket and this this glove and it was like and, and what happened was that he had Michael Jackson come out as a guest. Oh. Well, so, yeah, they Michael sings the backing vocals on uh All I Do, I think, which is yeah. on Hotter Than July. Right. Nineteen eighty. Well, yeah, exactly. So and this and so the thing about it is we see the sequin jacket in this glove and we just start screaming like people learn about start screaming and and the thing is People in the front have no idea what the commotion is, <laughs> right? right? Right. And it's only until he emerges from the backstage, and then the whole place erupts. And that felt like we were privileged, you know, because we yeah. kind of we had a few seconds with Michael by <laughs> to our to ourselves. You know? <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. good times. Yeah. That, now, part of the reason we do this show, Vernon, is to remind people what awaits you when you walk out your front door and say, I got to go see that show. I got to get myself down to, oh, the stone, let's say. Oh, sure. Or whatever night it might be, whoever, whichever band might be playing, and say, I have got to be there because that might be the night. Well, it's not going to be Michael Jackson next time, sadly. Oh, we miss you, yeah. Michael. Well, yeah. But it could be an equally astonishing surprise that 30 years later you're going to be telling somebody about it and they're going to go, wow. You, that happened and you were there? That happened. So a big part of the reason for Deep Focus is to remind people to the only way, really the proper way, the, the, the most 
immersive way to experience this music is to get out see, and yeah, be get part out, of it. Get, get out and see it live. You know, it's 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 really really important to, to support you know artists that are doing that are doing their thing. You know, that may be true that it's important to support artists. However, that is not my point. That could be your point. My point is do it for you. Do it for the most selfish, self-serving, awful reason imaginable. To bring pleasure to yourself. You don't have to share to, it with anybody. To pleasure yourself? Be greedy. <laughs> is that what you're saying on 89.9? Don't, don't start none. <laughs> don't, don't Won't be none. <laughs> don't. <laughs> <laughs> Laughter ensues. Uh. <laughs> I'm saying you have an opportunity to be great to yourself, to be way nicer to yourself than you even deserve, and get out and hear some great music and more than you warm des- your heart. More than you deserve. Open your heart soul to the world open that window let, let the are you deserving mm. of this pleasure man, i try man I you try. walked right into that one <laughs> you're listening to wkcr i'm mitch goldman my guest is vernon reed we hey, are hey. bringing you some these recordings i said a little bit earlier i'm going to say again because this applies to all of them i said it about the first one these are recordings from the wkcr archives to be heard nowhere else. You have never heard this music unless you happen to be there that night. Or maybe there's a handful of people who have actually had the chance to hear this music you're listening to tonight. Um, we just left the bottom line. That was the whole set that's available to us that we heard. Um, and uh, we started out in uh, Copenhagen. All this from 75, uh, October and November, respectively. We're going to turn the clock back yet again. A few more months to May. We're going to go to the Berkeley Community Theater in Berkeley, California. You've played Berkeley, the California. People's Republic in uh, Berkeley, of Berkeley, indeed. Yes, indeed. Do you know the Berkeley Community Theater? Is it still around? I, you know, is it still around? Like, I, I would imagine Ber- Berkeley is the one place where something like that would still happen. You know, because everything else is, you know, they pay Paradise to put up a parking lot, and they tear down the parking lot to put up a high rise. <laughs> True. <laughs> Hey, all right, now here's a question for you. I'm gonna, I, I did not prepare you for this because you've tortured me so. I'm now going to give it back to you on the air. Let's talk about you, Vernon Reed, and Joe Zavanul. What about us? I don't know. <laughs> did you ever? I, I was there oh, at least you know once what? when you we know ran what? Into You know what's funny? There, there, I did run in, I ran into Joe Zavanul one particular time that was really crazy because Zawinul worked as a producer for Salif Keita and in a kind of crazy six degrees of separation, I produced a Salif Keita record called Papa and I ran into Zawinul in the elevator of the studio where I was recording, he was with his wife, I believe. It was a, it was a weird. It was something totally random. And he, and I remember him saying, and I was saying to him, I'm just a huge fan, and that I was gonna be working with Salif, and he had this just this twinkle came in his eyes. And said, ah, you see Salif, tell him I said hello. <laughs> <laughs> and there was there was so much so much shadowy darkness. <laughs> <laughs> rolling. How did I know? <laughs> rolling. I knew there had to be a story there. <laughs> it was such, you know. There was a when I when I say dw- twinkle, I mean 
Dark. 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 <laughs> if, if, twink, if a twinkle can actually extract light from you know, the if world. We, if, we, if, a, if, a, if a black hole could twinkle, that's the <laughs> Really? That's, was it really that... That bad. It that wasn't dark. bad. It wasn't that bad, but it was. It was. It was. Uh, you know. I, I see. I had a feeling you'd have a story about that. It's and very. Even you wa- didn't know that. That's that's very. That's very 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 strange. But you and I ran into him one time in an airport in Europe somewhere. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah, he was kind of crabby then too. <laughs> he was not exactly. He, uh, he was. He's not exactly. Jo, jo, Joseph was Joseph, and I was not. I mean, that's Joseph with an F. Yes. Was not cuddly. <laughs> not so much. Not so much. Not so much. He's bringing it with Weather Report. I mean, this really. You look at the arc of what this band did between whenever that first recording was. I want to say seventy-one, probably, and kind of ran out of steam in the mid-eighties. Not it was, a, it was a chunk of time. Well, once the once the once the once the core relationship between between Zawinul and Shorter broke down, right? That was kind of you know that was I mean that really was the end of it, you know. But what happened in that span of time? They really did articulate this whole new vision of the world and music and structure. I listen to this; it's thrilling to me hearing the way the conventional roles, role playing of instruments flies around the stage. I oh, mean, yeah. you know, Zawinul's practically playing percussion on this keyboard. Okay. Alfonso Johnson in this is carrying the whole, you know, harmonic and rhythmic pulse of the band. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean sometimes sometimes Wayne's not even in it. And it's like and these guys still have more going on than uh Well, you know, the other thing that's great is like how I mean the way Zawinul would negotiate would navigate between layers of keyboards and just layers of sound and you know how the way he would he would comp you know on the on the electric piano the various electric pianos whether it's a Whirly or or Rhodes you know the way he would comp and then the way he would you know work with the various synthesizers I mean you know early on he did a lot of work with ARP you know he was you know much more of um Use the the ARP, you know, the, uh, the Odyssey. Then then say he was not really a mini Moog guy. Like you know, it was like there was like the mini Moog folks, like Jan Hammer was right, most famously right, right. associated Jan with Hammer. with the mini Moog, and Chikoria is associated with the mini Moog. But you know, Herbie Hancock and Josel and all are much more associated with the uh, with uh, with the ARP. You know? They and those two guys. Are big gadget freaks. Yeah, they, they and, love you know. Well, all of these. One of the things about the various keyboardists in in you know they they all had very signature kinds of approaches and sounds. I mean, the sounds that that were pro, that they programmed or were programmed for them were you know crucial, you know, and they you know a crucial aspect of 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 the electrics, the electronic sound palette of the work that they were doing and Donald just had a trim, you know, was had a tremendous, you know, weather report had influenced artists as varied as Brian Eno to the grateful dead. I mean, they, they, they had a, a, a you know, they were, the influence that they had on the set, the sound of keyboards and pop music. I mean, you well, also the fact that, you know, we're talking about this early period of electronics and uh, 
synthesizers specifically before MIDI. MIDI came in in... MIDI, MIDI came in, say, I guess... Mid-80s, right? Yeah, yeah, because, you know, and, and the MIDI standard, which is, I mean, a music instrument, MIDI stands for Music Instrument Digital Interface, and it's a, 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 ca a special cable that allows a, a bunch of different kind of controls to be transferred from one keyboard to another keyboard. Or and, sampler. Or, or sampler, and became a way of syncing... Because um, it used to be you had to do patching, and then MIDI really changed that. But you know, keyboard manufacturers were dragged, kicking and screaming because everybody wanted to have their own proprietary thing. And then eventually, they came to realize that musicians were using not just a Roland or not just a, a Moog; they were using varied types of keyboards um, for their sound palette. So once the MIDI standard came in, you know, it kind of freed. Um, musicians to mix and match the keyboards at will. But but prior to that time, these the tonality of a synthesizer, somebody had to program it, whether it was the musician Absolute, or, or, some or, other or person. someone hired to do it. And, and the thing about that as well was that they, they especially with analog synthesis, this this is physical patching. So it, it wasn't like, oh, you had ninety nine presets at your fingertips. I mean, this is like. I mean, you had to do the cutoff and the resonance and the LFOs. I mean, you were doing that. And if you were patching, you know, an LFO to a resonance, like low-frequency oscillator, I mean, that was stuff that had to be done by hand. And then you had to remember or have somebody with a Polaroid to, to, to you know, if you had to, and this is old right. tech, right? Right, or, or people like, you know, or, sketching. Or meticulously, you're right, they would have um, sheets that where they would, where, where a programmer, which was a separate, that's why like someone like uh, Patrick Gleason, who was the programmer for Herbie Hancock, he was credited on records. It's a separate job because, you know, they had to come up with this, you know, or a Malcolm Cecil, who was famously a programmer, you know, for the, the Tonto system, which Stevie Wonder was associated with. You know, like, I mean, that had to be meticulously recorded and notebooked, and they had to refer to, what did we do uh, uh, two weeks ago? This is the way, right. you know. And that's what had to go down. I mean, and, and it was a big job. You know, keyboard rigs were massive, you know, and, and, and you know, they, they, I mean, Zona had a, a, a bank of, of, of keyboards. And he was also one of the first artists to have the poly, polyphonic um, synthesizer because most synthesizers were monophonic. You could only play one note at a time. And and uh, you would have maybe two oscillators and you could tune those oscillators to different to different intervals. And that's why you, you would hear uh, a sound that's clearly a fifth or a fourth, and that's the two oscillators being t tuned, you know, a fourth or a fifth away from each other. And then, uh, I believe it was Sequential Circuits was the first company to come out with and I believe it was a only four note polyphony where where the it was the, the profit five and, and and there may be a keep there may be a geek out there that will correct me <laughs> you know I mean I mean and this is aside from things like a mellotron which was which was a, another thing and herbie Hancock used the mellotron lines and it's a sound that I personally love it's it's using tape actual tape yeah, mellotron actually right right yeah right. Go and ahead. and it was associated with the Beatles I mean that's the the thing the whole thing about magic you say tapes yeah explain that they're little they're little little 
loops of tape. They would do actual recordings of of s- instruments like uh, clarinets or oboes or violins or choirs, and a, a key press would put a, ta- a, a player head onto a revolving tape and you would hear the sound of the pre-recorded instrument. And, you know, the, you, you would have multiple tape heads that your key presses would push the tape heads onto the revolving tape and, and you would get this fabulous sound of strings, but it's like hearing strings from an old movie soundtrack. And um, and that was you know you you would hear Mellotron a lot and Herbie used Mellotron and he also used the ARP string ensemble which which is a whole other thing a string ensemble um, you hear that on say Parliament's Chocolate City you know the you know uh, the great Bernie Worrell you know uh, used the ARP string ensemble so, string ensemble famously with Funkadelic in Parliament um, anyway. Um, you know, Zaunol negotiated his, his banks of keyboards expertly and, and just created these layers, you know, these, these mysterious layers of sound. And, and, and he, his whole approach, uh, um, so interesting. Um, you can't really separate the evolution of electronic instruments in the 70s into the 80s from the evolution of the sound of this band. Well, yeah, we, and the thing, the thing about it was that, you know, Zaunos was 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 on the cutting edge, you know. You know, he was on the cutting edge of whatever keyboard tech was going on. I mean, it was sort of a keyboard, a, a keyboard arms race. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Stevie was definitely in that. Oh yeah, Herbie oh, yeah. was definitely in that. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and and Herbie, you know, also you know started dipping into the whole vocoder thing, which was really the man for that. It was like Roger Troutman. Ah. You know. Part five of this series, yeah, but the vo- but vo- you know, but the vocoder was actually was actually developed by uh, encryption specialists in World War Two, and and the original vocoder was called the Voder, and 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 it, it took up an entire room. Now this is real steampunk type of <laughs> yeah, stuff. Go this, ahead, this man. took up an in- <laughs> the, the early uh, voc the Voder took up an entire room and it was how they were able to encrypt the speech of uh, the speech of generals and you know discussing things with you know the allied commanders talking to one another they had and dig this they had two turntables <laughs> you know that also helped I'm sure there was a microphone in there somewhere yeah, and a micro <laughs> and a microphone um, that were utilized to disguise the the voices, uh, the 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 transmissions. I believe know. it was Lieutenant Colonel Africa Bombada that came yeah. up with that <laughs> technology. And <laughs> I, I would I would love I mean I I would love to hear, you know, just 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 recordings of those early, the the roots of of uh, you know of, of of Roger Troutman. I mean it's 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 I mean but this is like high tech stuff and and. And uh, and it took up an entire room and vacuum tubes and you know it used to overheat and <laughs> people ran out of the room scantily clad with their <laughs> hair on fire. I mean, this is the kind of thing that that you know, sort of. Uh, you know, wow. It, yeah, you know it's 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 it's, 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 it's crazy. Cuckoo go nuts. You know, so 
You know, all of these things. I mean, things that we take for, take completely for granted. I mean, right. now you have, a me- you, you have a Mellotron. You have a Mellotron. Built into your smartphone. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And in fact, there's a Mellotron app for the iPhone that is a, an official Mellotron app, which is based on the original tapes. I mean, literally, the, the Who owns Mellotron? The Fairlight, you know, there was an Australian company that came with one of the early, early samplers, uh, sample-based instruments, which was famous, famously used by the group Art of Noise, like the, right. so, like the, the, the song Moments in Love. That's all Fairlight. And the entire Fairlight has been ported over from the floppy disks, not samples. The entire Fairlight instrument has been ported over to the iPhone. So that's where the, we are. That's yeah. where we are now. I think there, there was also a Fairlight video synthesizer, too, I think. I, you know, it's, it, I mean, and there are these, there are these things. There, there are all kinds of technological you know, there was there's uh, there are a lot of technological dead ends as well, like things that you know, like something like the step guitar, you know, which is an early kind of guitar synthesizer that was fascinating. You know, where you saw a lot of stuff was on Forty Eighth Street, like like all these musicians wound up on Forty Eighth Street at Manny's, you know, because Manny's or at Sam Ash, because that's where a lot of this stuff was. All goes back to DC electricity. Are you, are you again with Tesla. Te- again with Tesla again <laughs> again with your cousin Te- again you, you again you talk about your cousin Tesla go on tell there, him about there that te- would be no tell him about you are bounced how you are bound on next Tesla. how you are bounced on Nikola Tesla's knee tell him it's tell all him true. it's all true <laughs> I have I have nothing to be ashamed of. <laughs> Except for that patch cable. That we're not talking about. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Speaking of dark, un- abandoned <laughs> roads <laughs> of technology. <laughs> yes, Vernon. Yeah, well, anyway, uh, Zalano, uh, as I said before, you know, you, you can hear the, the influence of Zalano's approach, you know, on, on, on like Brian Eno. You can hear it. In you know or the, the, the Zalano's influence on a Donald Fagan, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Those I, guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you Speaking know, Steely Dan. This band, this band, just had, uh, uh, and I've mentioned before, like in the sampling, in the sampling and hip hop era, you hear it in the music of uh, of, of uh, Tribe Called Quest, you know, amongst others, and so, you know. You hear in the yeah. <laughs> influence of the sound of the iPad that just went doodle you You've got mail. <laughs> you've got mail. From Joe Zopnall. It's never female. Anyway, okay. We're going to... Speaking of the man in the green shirt. Oh. Uh, let's go to Berkeley. May 4th, 1975, Berkeley Community Theater. I'm not at all surprised that there was a community of music-loving people ready to embrace Weather Report. 1975, once again, Joe Zavinul on keyboards, Wayne Shorter on saxophones, Alfonso Johnson on the bass, Chester Thompson on the drums. But before Alex Acuna joined the band, Illyrio Lima was a percussionist. Another wild, extravagant percussionist Absolutely. in the and rich of, tradition. And of course, while we're mentioning all these, we, we have to also um, mention... A great Brazilian percussionist, Damon Ramal, yeah. who was who was um, 
in those early recordings. In those early cat. recordings, yeah. absolutely. You know, and he set and he set the tone for all the percussionists that came afterwards. And Mano- didn't he had played with Miles, hadn't he? Uh, yes, I think so. He did. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and did I Airto? Didn't I Airto? I um, yes, 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 definitely. Yes, Ayerto was also a member of Weather Report at one time. Yeah, you know, and, before and Miles. Tamu Ramal, and 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 as you know, and there was the whole, you know, Brazilian um, contingent. So, you know, there you have it. Berkeley. So there, the last piece that we heard from the bottom line is the first piece that we hear in Berkeley. It's "Man in the Green Shirt," followed by Lusitanos. Music from Weather Report. The program's called Deep Focus. The radio station is WKCR. My guest is Vernon Reed, and we are off to Berkeley.
Weather Report is the band playing in Berkeley at the Berkeley Community Theater, May 4th, 1975. Joe Zabinol, Wayne Shorter, Alfonso Johnson, Chester Thompson, Illyrio Lima. We have been listening to this music since 6 p.m., and we're getting down to the nitty-gritty on this program because uh, 
We're only here for another few minutes. My name is Mitch Goldman. We call the show Deep Focus. I'm very pleased to have my guest in the studio tonight, Vernon Reed. Hey, hey. Now, James Brown used to go around calling himself the hardest working man in show business. Oh, please. Yes, I mean, he did. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's only because he did not live in New York City. And... um, he might go to Macon if you don't mind. Maybe, but okay. uh, I think he didn't take a close look at your schedule before oh, he made right. that statement. Yeah, sure. You got a lot going on, man. Well, I'm going to be playing with with uh, Greg Tate's band, Burnt Sugar, at Bryant Park on this Friday, and that's going to be it's going to be fun, and that's going to be a combination of the freewheeling, the funky, the far out, and the freaky. And uh, so that's that's going to be fun. It's always great playing with that band. Friday and extra fun. It's free. Yeah. Well, yeah. You just have to get yourself there. Friday and it, what, what time is that show? Friday at uh, oh, Bryant six, Park. Bryant Park was six p.m. That's what I thought. Yes. Yeah, six p.m. So uh, that's this Friday with Burnt Sugar. Vernon Reed will be sitting in. And uh, you got a gig coming up at the Stone, right? Yeah, I got a sh- show coming sh- coming up at the Stone, and that uh, it's gonna be uh, the f- with the Freeform Funky Freaks. And no, you got Freeform Funky Freaks. That's you, Jamaluddin Takuma, and Calvin Grant, Calvin Weston. And you guys ha- have not done a show in New York in a in a while. And and in fact, it's it's last time we. Played was oh my god it was it was it was a couple of years ago. Well, I believe the last time I remember you guys playing was at Tonic, and Tonic hasn't been around. Oh, Tonic! Well, that's the well, that was the that was the act. Tonic was actually show number one. The whole thing about free free form funky freaks is that it's totally improvised. That I've known Jamaluddin and and Calvin for a very very long time. You know they played with theirs played with associated with Ornette, and and I was associated with Ron Shannon Jackson, who was also associated with Ornette. We knew, knew each other from when we were all kids running around bugging out, and um, we never really actually played together. And 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 it, the whole bottom line is, we when we play, we actually have numbered the the shows totally improvised, and we've numbered the shows. So we've played uh, fifty four times. The last show was in Philadelphia, and um, so this will be fifty five. This will be the next show will be number fifty five, and it's a it's a it's a crazy, and it's gonna it's gonna be fifty five, and there are gonna be two shows. I haven't decided yet whether it's gonna be both freeform funky freaks or whether or not I'm gonna do a different thing. But that's gonna be a freaky Oktoberfest number first, number one, number first, October first, and uh, that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. And then um, that's uh, Saturday. That's a couple of weeks from Saturday, yeah. October first. The Stone is uh, Avenue C and Second Street. That's right. And then now you've also and Living I, Color is still, yeah. We're work, working on things. Actually, the thing I'm going to be doing, uh, well, we're we're getting ready to to start working on a record that we're going to be working on making in 2012. Um, I've been in the studio with with Burnt Sugar, producing a Bowie project, which is really turning out turning out great. Um, I'm currently. Um, composing a soundtrack for a filmmaker, Thomas Allen Harris, for a film called Through a Lens Darkly. On uh, October the 2nd, I'm going to be 
at Cafe Volan in Ashbury Park, um, New Jersey, um, 510 Bangs Avenue in Ashbury Park. And that's going to be an evening of Verntronics and and then some some multimedia that I've been working on. Mm. Now, is this a, a excerpt excerpts you know, some time lapse things that I've been doing and and I've been working on a piece called Artificial Africa and it's not an Artificial Africa evening but I will be um showing some of those pieces. Um so that's that's what's going to be going on at Cafe Volon. Then you've got your band Mask. Yes, the band band Mask. I, we actually we played a well members of mask and and uh a couple of other musicians we played last night at the city winery um in a benefit for 911 health now for first responders and um it, interestingly enough you know and that was with Leon Gruenbaum um playing keyboards and Steve Jenkins on bass um we had Rich Pagano on drums, who plays with Willie and the Fab Foe, the Beatles uh, oh, yeah, group, yeah. and and Maya Azusena, who's this wonderful independent artist and vocalist. Um, she's, she's tremendous. She she sang, and and my brother Vernon Jeffrey Smith, um, who's the one of the principals in the family stand. He came out and played saxophone, and he's crazy and he's awesome. And and we we did um we did some stuff to raise money for first responders. And that was really, really great. So, and and uh, and I'm gonna be working with that some version of mask. Um, looking forward to making it. And there's so many things, right. so little time. <laughs> then there's Yohimbi Brothers. Yohimbi Brothers with DJ Logic. Yeah, you know it's. <laughs> I, now that I'm adding them all up, you're seeing. I know. <laughs> and then there's the stuff you do with Blood Omer. In fact. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting. I I talked to Blood yesterday, and and we're starting to plot out the next Memphis Blood record, which is this project, which is this blues-based project, and I'm very excited about about the next recording. So we're we're getting ready to 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 do the prep work to go into the studio with that. So. You know, I've I've produced um, four four records, and it's been one of the great joys of my life to work with James Blood Omer as a producer. He's, I mean, he's iconic. I mean, he's he's someone who had a tremendous influence on me and and a lot of other dudes. So, and dudettes, not just dudes. So you know, that's some of what's been going on. And then, you're trying to move in on my territory. Oh, <laughs> I, oh yeah. Well, well. Um, also, I've been doing a podcast um, called "The Field Negro Guide to Arts and Culture," which I do with a a comedian and performance artist named W. Kamau Bell, who is out on the laughter uh, laughter against the machine tour. Um, he just did the first um, the first um, show in Arizona, and and. Uh, we're gonna be recording a new episode soon, so look, you know, go look at it, check us out on iTunes. Yeah, that's and, you can get uh, free podcasts; they'll show up on your computer. Yeah, you can go to um, uh, um, fngtac.com, 
which is a site done by Field Negro Prime, Alex Thornton, who's our producer. And you can keep up with that. And you can also follow me on Twitter, Burnt22. I love Twitter. And uh, there you go. <laughs> that's that's scraping the surface. Um, now, we've been... Vernon, I'm so delighted you came up tonight. I'm having a... Thanks having for a having me, Mitch. It's always good to, it's always good to kibitz <laughs> on the air with you. With witnesses. <laughs> Silent witnesses. <laughs> hostile witnesses. Now, weather report. We got, uh, you know what? I don't, I don't like to uh, repeat myself, but I'll repeat myself. I'll take the risk of repeating myself. That piece that we heard that was kind of the thing that kicked this whole idea off for tonight's show of Nubian Sundance, I think we should play that one more time. I would love that. Yeah, sure. And maybe another thing that I was thinking about that maybe you want to talk about because you are part of all these bands. You've been part of so many bands. You leading bands, co-leading bands, band member, producer. You've worn all these different hats. Maybe you can talk a little bit about the idea of a group sound because this group has a sonic identity. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing, the thing, the thing about this band over time and through its evolution. Um. It started out just wild and woolly and loose and free and then became compositionally more focused. And through that focus, the, you, you hear a, a, a certain style, the, the use of ostinatos, you know, the use, uh, you know, the use of different modes, um, the way, the interplay between... Wayne Shorter's saxophone and Josiano's keyboards, you know what I mean? And and how that's offset by the various bass players and drummers and percussionists who have been part of the band and everyone from the, the terrific Bobby Thomas, who's a tremendous percussionist, who was one of the last percussionists in the group, and from Bob, from Ayerta to Bobby Thomas and all the, you know, Manola Badrina and all these incredible players. But it was the evolution of the sound between two men who who chose to be a unit and they created this wonderful tapestry of um just just the kind of soundtrack uh, you know it's 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 not just the it's improvisational but there's a a a, a, a sonic design to it and the I, idea I, of yeah. a, of an of a band having an ensemble having a sound that it may be part of a genre, but it also was a genre unto itself. Like the Weather Report sound, like the band Passport. I mean, you know, it, it, I mean, it it influenced. I mean, I mean, in a in a completely obvious way. Right. You know, uh, there were a whole group of a group of, of groups who had Weather Report as an influence. You know, it's arguable that a band say like Soft Machine had an influence on the sound of this group you know in terms of what they were doing very early on but still you know they 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 developed a language that was just kind of permeated the landscape you know and 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 showed it showed itself up in in so many different musics um I think it's almost like when they started out, they it seems to me 
looking back on it, like they define themselves by what they were not going to be. You know, they were not going to play conventional swing time. They were not going to play, you know, head solo, solo head. They and were they weren't going to play rock and roll. I mean, it was, and right. also the thing, the thing about Weather Report, I mean, it, the, the, you know, it didn't have a guitar. And that's one of the things that I, the, curiously, because so many of the other groups that I was into, because they were iconic guitarists associated with them. But for some reason, this band entered my consciousness and it was the very fact that it was not a guitar-oriented group. It had a, just a tremendous, the absence of guitar was something that I, that I dug about. I didn't miss, I never missed yeah. guitar in the band. I, you know, I, 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 and it's interesting to hear how what they did influenced, you know, like you, I mean, Pat Metheny was making his own music, but Weather Report, you know, you sh- you hear the Im- you hear yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, you hear it across the board. Vernon Reed, thank you for giving us this window into your beautiful brain, man. My, thank you. You know, my beautiful Miss Shopping, <laughs> my beautiful Miss Shopping brain. My name is Mitch Goldman. We call this program Deep Focus. It's like peeling off a band aid, man. We're gonna make it fast. It's gonna hurt, but it's not gonna hurt for long. You, know, you, you keep you put, don't, <laughs> stop putting your tongue in that thing. Good night. <laughs> I I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. It's it's always a pleasure, and um, to everyone out there, you know, um, uh, thanks for listening, and get out there and, and and look out for part three of this broadcast. Look out for for part <laughs> part three of this mess that we do. WKCR FM New York.